are listening to Keep the Main Thing, the Main Thing podcast. To learn more, visit thepineschurch.com. Welcome everyone to the Pines Church online experience. My name is Matt Joy. I'm the lead pastor here, and I'm so excited that you carved out 25, 30 minutes and change to study God's word with us. We're in the middle of a series on vision because all of us need a vision for our lives. In fact, God has a vision, and that is the vision that we need. The Bible says that without vision, my people perish. So it's very, very important that you have a vision and that you're steering yourself towards that. There's an old idiom that goes something like this. If you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every single time. And so we want to aim towards a goal and we need a vision for our lives. We also opened up in the beginning of this series, uh, letting everyone know, both our online community and in-person community, that we are starting a 21-day fast. And so on our website, on our social media, um, we're gonna be highlighting every single day specific prayer points for us to be coming alongside to pray and intercede for. Some of those are praying for our president, praying for the the leaders of our our, uh, state, praying for civil leaders, policemen, firefighters, first responders, praying for our families, praying for our marriages, praying for our workplaces, praying for our unsaved loved ones. And so every single day, um, we're going to be praying and interceding specifically for that. So it's really important because the Bible says where there's unity, God commands his blessing. So I encourage you to visit our website and visit our social media account just so you can you can be on track on the calendar with us. And we actually have, because we started this, we're, we're getting ready to start this fast, um, we've been fielding a lot of questions. What is a fast? Like, what does that mean? I understand that that's kind of a foreign concept for some of you. So I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest if you haven't. Um, I kind of went at length in the previous message, and then we also have a message on fasting um, on our podcasts, on YouTube, on our website, wherever you're going. Um but the biblical definition of a fast it comes from the, the Hebrew word to sum, which literally means to cover one's mouth, to not eat food. So the biblical definition of a fast is to abstain from food. However, um, I understand that some of you are stepping into this for the very first time. And so there are things that you can fast, step away from, and use that time to press into God. But I do need to make it clear that the biblical definition of a fast is to abstain from food. So if you could do that, that's the best way, I believe, for you to be able to step forward. But we have benefited in our family. We uh, we fast uh, screens. So the only thing that I'll use this for is to make a phone call. And then, of course, the biggest one is for our kids. They have no screen. So they use that time to memorize that scripture of the day or to, and to pray and to review the goals that God has given them for that year. Um, whatever you do, I pr- I involve the Holy Spirit, like pray and ask God, invite him. He has, you know, he wants to share with you, what should I abstain from? What should I fast? And so whatever you do, choose something that you can, you can, you can remain the the duration of the fast on. So in other words, don't overcommit. 
Don't commit to like, I'm not going to eat any food. I'm only going to drink water for 21 days and you've never fasted before. That's probably not going to happen. And after the third day, you're going to break it and then you're going to feel like totally disconnected and you're going to isolate. That's not what I want you to do. So maybe you look at something like fasting lunch. So you say, I'm at work, I'm not going to eat food, and then I'm going to use that time to be intentional to press into the Lord. I'm going to study, I'm going to write down what God's saying, I'm going to pray for different things that are happening in my world, the prayer points that Pastor Matt shared. And so that's something that you can all um, agree, and maybe, maybe it's fasting breakfast, whatever it is. Choose something that you're like, I can do this. And the thing about f- fasting food is... Um, you know, you can live without TV, you can live without social media, you can live without all these things. You can't live without food. So really that's putting the, your, your, you know, the, that's where the rubber hits the road. And you realize real quick how quickly your flesh will try to reason and justify yourself out of the fast. And um, even right now my stomach's growling. <laughs> and so um, it's a time for you to, to really understand that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And it's a time for you to disconnect from the world system and connect into, you know, heavenly, the heavenly system and really to gain that perspective for the year. So fasting is important. I encourage you to check out those resources that we have on it. And I just wanted to share that. But our flagship scripture is um, coming out of Habakkuk. And this is Habakkuk uh, 2, 1 through 5. And so I just wanted to go ahead and read actually 2, 1 through 4. I wanted to read this to you to to start out. And it goes like this. I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me. Write the vision, make it plain on the tablets so that he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. And so I would encourage you to highlight that scripture in your Bible, to read that scripture on the daily, because we're going to be walking through that almost word by word, line by line. And there's so much revelation, I believe, that the Holy Spirit has showed with me, but there's so much more that I haven't even seen with my own eyes yet. And I know that the Holy Spirit's going to illuminate things to you that pertain to your personal life. And so just a recap of what we shared last week. Number one, the Bible commands us to watch for the vision. So first of all, Um, vision doesn't come from us, it originates from God. We need God's vision. Certainly, I can come up with a vision of my life, but it's going to be broken, it's going to be busted, and it's going to end up into, you know, destruction. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end leads to destruction. I don't need the vision for my life. My vision for my life, I need God's vision, okay? And so all vision originates from God. So go to God. Also, it shows us that we can't be passive. We can't be casual. We can't be sitting on the sofa, you know, chilling in Netflix and chilling. We need to be alert. We need to be watching. We need to be looking. We need to be going to God so that we can receive um, this vision. Secondly, when we receive the vision from God, when he speaks it to us, when he shows it to us, when he imprints it inside of our heart, we need to write it down. Okay? I've shared this many times. You may be able to remember what you had for breakfast a week ago, or maybe not. But you know what? This pen, this has 100% memory. Whatever I write down, it's going to be there. So write the vision down so that you don't forget. Don't be cute about it. Write it down so that you can remember. This also, um, when you write it, 
other people are, are brought into it. So let's say you post it somewhere, other people can help keep you accountable to it, can help spur you on, can help encourage you, can help pray towards that vision. Uh, number three, make it plain, okay? You gotta make it clear. Don't make this big, ambiguous, like, goal, I wanna change the world, but like, what do you do when you wake up Monday morning? How are you going to change the world? So set a clear vision. I believe when the Holy Spirit put something in front of you. It may be a big vision like this is the end result, but he will show you step by step how you are going to get there. And so that's why it's so important that we're connected with God so he can show us step by step. But make it clear. And number three, and this is kind of where we're going to pick up uh, today, is uh, Habakkuk 2.3 says this, that he may run who reads it. We need to review it. We need to read it. It isn't a one-time thing that we get a vision from God, we write it down, and then we walk away from it. We need to be reading it, reviewing it, rehearsing it, remembering it on the daily. So you think about most people that have a goal, they set a goal for themselves, they post it in places so they can read it, so they don't forget why, they're, why they are doing the hard work. They don't forget when they're in the thick of it and opposition is coming their way, why they are pressing through this opposition. Because if you don't have that vision, if you're not reviewing it, if you're not rehearsing it, if you're not reading it, when opposition comes, the temptation for you to walk away is going to be thick. And if you forgot why you're laboring, why you're pioneering, you'll often hang your head, turn around, and walk away. So we have to review it. We have to um, rehearse it. Reviewing the vision keeps our focus. And whatever has your attention has your motivation. So the motivation and the passion will follow the vision. But if you don't have the vision, you won't have the motivation and the passion when you need it the most. So it's so important that you read the vision, that you rehearse the vision, that you review the vision so that you can fuel your passion to continue to be steadfast in moving towards that vision. That is where the energy flows. You have to protect yourself from distractions. It's very important that you keep your eyes on the vision. Distraction has killed far more dreams, far more goals than any opposition from the enemy or this world. Simply being distracted will deter you from the path that you need to be on to achieve the goal that God has set before you. The enemy is the king of distractions. So quickly, he will get your eyes off of God. Just like Peter, when he was walking on the water, his eyes were fixed on Jesus. He was walking. But as soon as he began to look at the winds and the waves, he began to sink. And so there are all kinds of distractions, all kinds of things competing for our attention. And we have to have a laser focus. We have to be alert. And like Habakkuk tells us, we need to watch for the vision and fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Distraction, it divides our attention, it diverts us and causes things to, to, to shift out of focus. And then we find ourselves bewildered and confused. And again, 
God is not the author of confusion. And so when we find ourselves in this moment, it's probably an indicator that we've allowed the enemy to creep in to distract us, and we need to get rooted in God's word and fix our eyes back on him. So the idea is to starve our distractions by not giving them any of our attention, by not giving them any, any of our time, by not giving them any of our mental real estate and fuel the vision that God, and stoke the fire to the vision that God has given us, okay? In regard to remaining focused, the Apostle Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 9, 26. Check this out. Therefore, I do not run uncertainly without definite aim. I do not box like one beating the air and striking without an adver adversary. Can you imagine, okay, if Mike Tyson was in the ring with uh, somebody and the, the, the opponent's in front of him, but instead of aiming his punches towards the opponent, he stepped to his left and just started swinging as hard as he could. You would instantly say, what is wrong with him, right? So the Apostle Paul is saying, I don't box like that, and I don't live my life like that. I aim towards the goal or the vision that God has given me. When we don't have a vision, I want you to get this imagery locked inside of your mind. It is like a boxer that turns away from his opponent and starts swinging his arms as hard as he can, hitting nothing. Again, if you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every single time. So we must be purposeful. We must aim our passion. We must aim our energy, our conviction, and our drive towards the vision that God has placed on the inside of our hearts. Paul ran his race, the Bible says, with definite aim. So I want you to think like American sniper. He didn't just aim his rifle in the direction. He zeroed in and knew exactly where he was going. The same should be true of us. Clearly defined, not vague or doubtful. The definition of aim, check this out, okay? So if you need further confirmation, the definition of aim, so you're to aim your you aim your your purpose towards this vision is is to have a goal is to have a purpose or an intention a desired outcome so we can conclude that living with focus means clearly defining or deciding what your vision is what your purpose in life is and to keep it at the forefront of your heart of your mind by reviewing it this will ignite that passion, that energy, that drive, and that conviction, that motivation to continue on with your race. Okay, so we talked about reviewing the vision, rehearsing the vision, remembering the vision, but now I want to talk about, it says that he who reads it, reviews it, rehearses it, remembers it, may run with it. What does it mean to run with the vision? And to open that up, I'm going to give you, uh, it's not an analogy, something, well, it is an analogy, something that actually happened. Obviously, we're in New England, which hosts the very best football team in all of NFL history, and that is the New England Patriots. And the New England Patriots, if you remember, a few years back, found themselves at one of the greatest deficits in Super Bowl history. They were marching onto the field in the third quarter, down 28 um, to 3. And um, what's important to remember about that 
is that they had a vision going into that game to win the game, right? But they found themselves in, in kind of uncharted territory. They were never really during the regular season down that much. And so what did they do? They didn't abandon the vision that God had given them, but they did change the plans, okay? And this is why it's important to review. What did they do? They had to look at the scoreboard in the amount of time that they had and the deficit that they were down in points and create a new strategy and plan okay, in order to be able to attain the original goal and vision that they entered the game with to ultimately win. So the vision never changed, but the plans in the midst of the battle do. And so that's why, yes, it is wise to plan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan, right? It is very important to set a plan in place in which to move towards that goal and vision that God has placed inside of your heart. However, there are unseen circumstances and opposition that are going to come to you. Rather than quit or put your head down um, in disgust, we need to quickly, you know, kind of assess the situation, look to God for divine inspiration, and come up with a plan. Now, I don't, believe, I don't know if the patriots were looking to the Holy Spirit and to God in the midst of that, but the, the, the reality is, is that they had to change their plan, but their vision never changed. You know, the Proverbs 19, 21 says this, many plans are in a man's mind, but the Lord, but it is the Lord's purpose for him that will stand. So gleaming from the Super Bowl story, the patriots Vision was to win, and their game plan changed throughout. They didn't become discouraged, okay, when things didn't go their way. They adapted, and they overcame. As you run with a vision, you have to stay open to the fact that your plans are going to change. You may find yourself, uh, you know, at one career and all of a sudden in another. Did my vision totally change? Not necessarily, okay? But the plan in which to achieve it, in which to move towards it, may have. So just a couple of takeaways. Number one, always be mindful of the vision. Always keep the vision in front of you so that you know what you're running towards. Number two, visions are refined, but they never change. The vision of the New England Patriots was to win that game, okay? Plans are revised, but they rarely stay the same. Plans are always changing, okay? I've, I heard somebody say, if you want to make God laugh, show him your plans, and that's true. But God doesn't expect us to sit, you know, like uh, helpless and say, well, you know, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. He wants you to move towards those things, but and he's going to adjust. And you have to be willing to adjust. You have to be comfortable with change. Okay. Lastly, I want to read this uh, out of the message in Habakkuk. And it says this, the vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming, and it can hardly wait. It doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, if the vision seems slow in coming, wait. It's on its way. It will come right on time. The vision that God has given you is for an appointed time. Everybody that's watching should say that word to themselves. Appointed. It doesn't come appointed from you. It comes appointed from God. And what you think is slow, okay, may not be slow in God's kingdom. He's working on a different clock. In fact, I looked up the definition of the word slow, 
And I thought this was so interesting. I'm going to go ahead and read this to you, okay? Uh, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Give me one second. I got it. Uh... Okay, here it is. Ready? This blew me away when I looked up this definition, okay? Moving or operating or designed uh, to move um, at a rate that is not quick and not fast. So in other words, slow isn't necessarily, is almost a normal pace. Fast and quick are dangerous. But we live in a society where we know like you shouldn't hurry through things. You know it's not a good practice to be, to be quick because you can make mistakes or fast. We kind of know these things, but we still operate at that pace. And we look at slow like, don't be slow. Slow is bad. I hate waiting. But slow is actually a normal rate. Now, I know you can belabor that point and you can move like at a sloth level. Everybody remembers that movie Zootopia where he goes to the DMV, which, hey, shout out and love for all the people working in the DMV. But we remember that the sloth was working at the DMV and how, how slow he was moving to get them the information that they needed. Hilarious scene if you haven't uh, seen it. But so I don't want to make, you know, too much out of this point, but it is interesting when you look at the definition of slow, it's really the opposite of moving quick and fast, which we know are dangerous. So the idea that something may be not be moving at the rate that you want it, or even under the label of slow, doesn't mean that it's being held up. It just means that it's coming at a pointed time and not your appointed time, but God's appointed time. And what's happening while we wait? Patience is having its perfect work inside of us. Now, everybody thinks that they're patient. Everybody thinks they're good at being patient. But let me ask you this question. How many times have you burned the roof of your mouth on pizza simply because you couldn't wait for it to cool down because you had to eat it now, all the hands should be going up. It's multiple times. I'm an adult and I still do it. So here's the thing with patience. When you feel like you've been patient long enough, you've missed the lesson of patience. God is doing a deep work inside of you to not be, ran, to not be run by man's clock, to be run by man's system but to trust and rely in the Lord. Jesus was never in a hurry. In fact, if you look at the life of Jesus, you could probably deduct that he moved at a slow pace, but not the definition of slow that most of us have, the definition that you find in Webster's, a normal pace, which is abnormal and slow, our label, in our eyes, because we want things done quick and fast. And that's the opposite of how the kingdom works. And so when you find yourself in that moment, he even goes on, like he's making several points, like when it seems slow, wait for it. It's surely going to come. It's not going to delay, like reassuring you, like, hey, this is going to be one of the hardest things. When you watch for the vision, when you catch the vision, when you write the vision down, when you start rehearsing the vision and reviewing the vision, and then you start running with the vision. Don't lose heart. 
You're gonna have to wait, but it's gonna come at the appointed time, God's appointed time. So remain steadfast. Allow patience to have its perfect work inside of you. It will not delay according to his timing. It will surely come. Man, I'm preaching, I'm preaching to myself right now. This is, this is so good, okay? The reward of the vision that God has for you is waiting. Every single one of you, God has penned every moment of your life before a single day passed. Psalm 139, 16. There is a vision for your life. It is waiting for you. We must catch that vision for our life so that we're steering our lives towards it. And we must allow patience to have its perfect work and trust that it will come at its appointed time if we remain steadfast in the faith. It's coming. It's coming for you. Some of you feel like there's no hope. There's no future. You're at a dead-end job. You're in a dead-end relationship. I am here to tell you that if you watch for the vision, maybe you've gotten off track, but if you watch for the vision, the Holy Spirit's going to illuminate it to you, and you're going to go, wow, I was moving in this direction for years and years and years. And now, you know, I realize that the vision was over here and it's a simple correction and you start moving towards it and it will come in God's timing. I want to pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for everybody under the sound of my voice. I thank you for the vision that you've placed on their life, Lord. Holy Spirit, I am asking that you would illuminate it to them, that you would get, multiply your grace into their lives to be able to achieve it, that you would show them things that maybe are, are serving as a stumbling block or, or hindrance so that they would be able to remove those things, but that you would give them fresh vision for their lives, Lord. I thank you for what you've called them to do. I thank you that you've given them everything they need to accomplish that vision. And God, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us. Until next time, Godspeed. Thank you so much for listening to Keep the Main Thing, the Main Thing, a sermon resource provided by the Pines Church in Bangor, Maine. We'd love to hear from you, so leave us a review on this podcast. If you have any questions, visit thepineschurch.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.